The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. How often have you woken up in the morning and wondered to yourself, how are we going to get the most out of our ad budget? Should we stay in traditional media, move to all digital media? How do we make sure we're not wasting our budgeted and limited resources? To answer those questions, Marianne Pruitt. Marianne, welcome to the show. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking hey, forward to the discussion. Well, this, this, so this is, listen, advertising is like one of those mysterious uh arts that's decorated as a science uh, or something like that, you know, where it kind of seems like one thing and maybe it's like another thing, or maybe it's neither thing. Anyway, so let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Uh, first of all, let's talk about measurement. Can yep. companies really figure out what's working or is there a little bit of trial and error? Cause you know, you know, the old saying, you know, my advertising's working only half, but I don't know which half, right? I don't know which half. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and advertising, obviously there are ways in today's world that we can track it more and more on the digital space than we have ever been able to before. And as well as there's tools that we can do on the traditional side. I think the biggest thing is, is that there has been this mystery created around advertising and media buying, um, whether that's intentional or not, but there's always been this, what am I doing? How am I doing this? You know, and that's where that old adage comes from is 50% of it's working. I just don't know which one. And I think it's a matter of at times going back to basics of and really identifying, okay, who are we targeting? And then where are the tactics of where we know that they are? Um, and then making sure that we're making the investment for the time period in which we need to look at. But measurement wise, there are many ways that we can measure it. But in the digital space now, we actually have the opportunity of being able, whether it's you're putting tags on your ads, so you know exactly when they're coming back to your website and what they're doing on your website and where the trends are that we're seeing within the data of what people are doing. Uh, and then even you see traditional platforms starting to go into more programmatic placement and programmatic tactics so that we can track them and to see what we're, what we're doing on that end. So more and more, we've had to evolve because of the fact that, uh, frankly, in my career, we started with, oh, it was just the cash register. If the cash register is ringing, then your ads are working. And to where we are now of, no, we can actually identify and see trends of what, what things are going and where they're going and how they're working. You know, to me, it, it seems like, um, you know, you have image advertising and you have this direct response kind of advertising. And the Internet is like largely 
direct response. I mean, that, that really trackable stuff where you click on something, you go to a website, you buy it, and they can follow you all the way through the cycle and they can see how you did and what, what you did. And it, does that mean that image advertising is kind of going away because it's not really trackable or, or, or what's happening with that? Is there a trend around that? No, we absolutely still need branding advertising, especially the larger the brand, the more you're going to need that image building and that branding side. However, so I'm going to go old school here. It's branding and call to action, right? So we have to, okay, which one are we wanting to do with the campaign? And it's really identifying with any campaign that you're doing, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to actually increase the sale of a specific product or increase um, traffic in a certain area, then that's your call to action. And that you're going to look at specific tactics to use that. Your overall branding is just getting your name out there in the way that you want it to towards your audience. The two should work hand in hand where your branding is actually then feeding and helping your call to action. Is there a certain formula that companies have that says 70% is going to go to call to action, 30% is going, is there, is there like a, when you go to college and you learn about this, uh, you know, is there like a formula that they teach you? Well, I will tell you this, when you go to college, you don't learn about this. And I think that's why there's a lot of mystery behind it. So uh, what makes me personally probably more unique in this and our firm has this, and when we founded this company, it has this type of a philosophy. Um, I actually come from an economics background with a marketing background. So the two going hand in hand is a little bit different because you actually have your statistical data side of your economics studying and where you're going, if we're going to go into college uh, for a few minutes there, as well as then how does that work with my marketing side? And um, they don't teach, unfortunately, advertising, all they, they teach you the five P's. They teach you, this is what they teach you in college, right? They do not teach you, where do my ad buys need to go? And frankly, I think that's why there's so much mystery around what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And frankly, it also goes to generationally, who are we trying to reach? Because in today's world, we can't reach the 78-year-old woman the same way I am the 15-year-old boy, but they both have spending power because we have five generations in the workplace for the first time in American history. So is the, is the world of advertising more complicated than it was 20 or 30 years ago or, or just different or, or what? So when I started my career about 20, 25 years ago, we had dozens, maybe hundreds of brand impressions that we as consumers were getting every day. Now think about where we are and the tens of thousands of brand impressions that we're getting every day. So oftentimes, um, I think brands really get caught into what's my message? What does it look like? How is it appealing to the eye of my customer? But they don't then take that next step of what am I doing to reach the customer with that message? What is the tactic? So yes, it's become more complicated. I would say it's become more expertise where you really have to have that knowledge of how to do it and what is the right tactic to use. Um, and not only do we have the increase of brand impressions, but now we have the increase of tactics. We have thousands of tactics that are available to us now where before you got you had your TV, radio, your print, your outdoor, you had your boxes that you could check and that's pretty much it. Now, you know, you've got programmatic, you've got OTT, you've got, you know, streaming audio. You, there's so many, but then also how many different vendors do I use in that? What else do I look at? So there, yes, it's become more complicated is the simple well, answer. So for example, when you, uh, when you want to buy uh, digital, you want to buy something on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever those uh, platforms mm -hmm. are, 
do you go to one place and it spreads across everything or do you have to set up each and every campaign one at a time? Oh, you do have to set up each and every campaign. So that's that's what firms like we do is that you you we go in and we work with you. Okay, what are your goals? Then we help you establish and build that plan. And frankly, that is what your media firm should be doing um, is helping you. Okay, where who are you reaching? What are the goals with this buy? And then how are we reaching them? They should be helping you develop that plan. And then they should be helping you execute the plan. That's what firms like ours do is it's really take in making it a little easier for you to be able to carry out that plan. Because not only are you, it's not just calling all of your TV reps anymore and calling all your radio reps anymore and your print reps and your outdoor reps. Now you're looking at, okay, I got to make sure what social platforms am I on? And then how am I running my ads with that? What content are we using? Are we just using content driven and it's only organic? Am I putting paid behind it to target? And then what am I doing programmatically? Programmatic is the bidding space that we are in with display or video pre-roll all these various things. So how am I doing all of that? So as a brand, it can be overwhelming. And oftentimes we find that people are going to vendors directly um, that are, okay, this is a DSP. I think they can help me. I think they're going to be able to do it. Well, each DSP is not created equally. You may get a million to 5 million impressions of something, but more than half of it are bots and you don't know what you're buying. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing that, uh, you know, like for me, uh, I hear all this alphabet soup and all this blah, 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 you know, and, uh, and and that's your world and that's how you talk and that, you know, and, and as an executive of a company and, and the people who listen to our mm-hmm. show, you know, uh, they're thinking, I have so much going on in my life. I don't exactly. have time to learn any more stuff. I, I can't ner- learn another vocabulary word. I'm, I'm like vocabulary down. Exactly. And, and so how much do they need to understand in order to direct their activities. I mean, I'm talking about even, even some of these, uh, you know, marketing and executives that kind of oversee their advertising budgets. I mean, how much do they need to be experts and how much can they rely on you and how do they manage that process to make sure they're, they're not getting snafus somewhere? Their main goal and their expertise should be the customer. That is what your goal is. When you're partnering with someone like us, you should know who your customer is and what is our goal as a brand with that. Then the knowledge that you are absolutely right, Joel, it is overwhelming. It is absolutely overwhelming for if this is not your day-to-day, this is very overwhelming. Frankly, that's why our firm and other firms like ours have been successful because of the fact that it's become overwhelming. It's even overwhelming for ad agencies where they call us to help because of that very reason. So, um, as a marketing executive, as even just a sales executive and being involved in it, you understanding some things, but you don't have to know the nitty gritty of every single tactic that's out there. And that's probably the pressure that um, management gets and these executive level managers do get is I need to know every single tactic. I need to understand what's new, what's not. Frankly, your media firm and your ad agency should be doing that for you. They should be relieving that pressure for you where you don't have to know everything, but they can help you with those tools to know what you're doing. It really is at the end of the day, it's overwhelming. It can be very frustrating. It can be very, you know, like you said, alphabet soup. That is what it is. And it's very, where am I supposed to be? Where am I not supposed to be? And, you know, at media, we're notorious for every analogy and using, and we abbreviate everything <laughs> and yeah. it's confusing, right? <laughs> so, but really, truly what should be happening is 
When you know your customer, that's what you need to know. And then are we getting the results that we need? Your media firm should be helping you identify what are your KPIs based on this. So where am I going and where are my performance indicators? Where am I headed in that direction? And what, what does my click-through rate look like? What, what does that mean? And you as the executive don't necessarily need to know how we got to that number. We can tell you, we can show you, but you need to know what does that mean back for your sales? Yeah, you know, uh, we live in a data-driven world. Everybody loves yes. data. I'm not quite a big a fan of data as a lot of people are, but but people love data because it kind of points to this and that. Um, I kind of uh, am of the opinion that numbers can say whatever people want them to say, you know, which is a different problem. And, and being from the financial world, I kind of know what people do with numbers. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wonder... Um, when you think about placing media in all these different hundreds of different places, so this is the best one. Okay, let's place it there. If you have a cruddy ad, a cruddy message, a cruddy anything else, <laughs> then the best placement in the world is not going to work. So, you know, it's, it's not fun. just like one thing. You don't have like an isolated thing that's going on here. So how do you manage that? Like if you're buying media and you're telling people where to put it and you don't really have any control over their artwork or what the messaging is or whatever, and then, you're, of course, you're graded on how they do. Yeah. That's that's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it, it can be. However, we are very, for us, our philosophy is actually to be very direct and open and honest in that. Of if we, if the creative or the form of creative that you're using isn't going to be the most effective, we will make that point. So you have to have, you can have the best tactic in the world and you can have the best message in the world. But if you don't have both, then they're not going to work together. And if your message is mediocre, then your tactics only going to work so much. But if your tactics mediocre and your message is amazing, it's the same way. It's a wasted, it's wasted dollars essentially. So you want the two working together. And so for us and the way we operate, and I can only speak for us is that we are very open of, you know what, this creative, we don't do the creative, but let's help you in finding out the best way to do this creative and what's going to be the best message forward for your audience. And I don't mean to be continuing saying this, but it really goes back to who your audience is and clearly identifying who your audience is. And I think that's such an important piece that we're not, that marketers often forget. We forget the customer. We forget who we're targeting. And then we can go and figure out exactly where that customer is. Yeah. You know, how much, um, how much transparency is there really into uh, the audiences and the information from the perspective of the media? And, and let me tell you where I'm coming from in this mm -hmm. question. Uh, years ago, I sold one of my companies to a newspaper company. And I remember that they they knew how many people read the sports page and how many people read the local page and how many the news page. I mean, they, they knew everything, but they never revealed those numbers because then people would start cherry picking where they went, what page they did. And they didn't want to have to change pricing based on those factors. So they just said, we have a million people look at our paper. Isn't that, but, but, but here's how many read the sports page. They didn't go into that. Has, has that problem kind of gone away? Because I think that kind of shot newspapers in the foot. That's part of one of their problems. They kind of did it to themselves. Oh, absolutely. And actually in our career, in my career alone, I've seen that evolution of print. When I first started print, 
and newspapers were, they were the big dollar makers. They made a ton of money. They had more budgets because I actually started on the marketing side in media. And um, I remember being even on the TV side going, oh man, those print guys, they've got so much marketing budget. They've got so much to do. That evolved and quick and changed overnight quickly. And so now, um, frankly, because of advertisers and because of brands making that demand, we have to have more transparency and we have to show really who our full audience is of websites and various pieces. But I think that's also why we've seen the, the evolution into a cost per impression as opposed to overall audience reach. And really, what is our cost per impression of our target audience and where we're going there? So within your target audience, this is your cost per individual and then how many times they're seeing the ad. So it's it's we've seen a definite evolution in that because of the fact that the overall numbers, like you said this earlier, of you can make numbers say whatever you want them to say, right? And those were tactics to be used to say, okay, yeah, this is the this is the portion of the page because that's what you're selling to. I I used to see radio reps and TV reps, you know, back in the day, change the demographic in their diary to show a customer to that. Oh, look, we're the number one station in the market because you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say. And the more traditional pl- platforms for sure, but even I mean, in every realm, so you can change that around. However, that being said. It is harder and harder in today's world in the digital space to be able to really skew those numbers and to be able to push them. Because really, it's this is my target demographic. Not only is this my target demographic, but these are the target behaviors that go behind that demographic that then now we're looking at the cost per impression. We're looking at the click-through rate. We're looking at very specific things. You know, I think about uh, like Facebook and LinkedIn which are big places where mm-hmm. companies advertise different kinds of things get advertised in those places. But, you know, so I forget which one LinkedIn or I think it's LinkedIn. They consider a view. Like if you post a video, a view or an impression is three seconds. Yep. So you could be scrolling sneeze and then keep scrolling and you just got an impression. So when you're you know, looking at that going, Oh, they watched the video. My, they watched my five minute video. No, they might not have watched any of it. It just, pause for three seconds. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, in a certain way, that's like, you might as well not even bother telling anybody anything because it's it's not really accurate. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that a common problem or is that just like a... You're always going to have a percentage of it that is there. So, you know, to go back again, beginning of my career of looking at how in radio and in television, we used to call it passive media because it could be on in the background. It could be around. It wasn't necessarily um, in your face as much as things are now. And in the digital space, we're going to have the same exact thing. However, that's why you need to look at the other metrics. What is your click-through rate? What is your video completion rate? Not just a video view, but what's the video completion? How many, how, what's the percentage of how many people are actually seeing the full video? What, it, what is the good metric on that? Um, how many people are clicking for more information? And then if we have the ad tagged, what are they doing once they're on the website? Where are we seeing, where are we tracking to see where they're going uh, past just the landing page that we took them to? So it's not just the one metric that we need to look at. We need to look at all the metrics overall. This industry is pretty complicated. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's gotten much more complicated than, than I remember it ever being. And then I've never, was never in this business, but it, it just, I was around it having been in the newspaper area and it was never this complicated. I mean, buyers, it wasn't that complicated for buyers and it wasn't that complicated for the papers. 
You know, even no. radio wasn't that complicated. No. Nothing was complicated. No, it was relationship. It was strictly relationship. And that's the way it was. It was strictly relationship. You as a buyer, you had your rep that you were going to go to. You were going to have the information that you needed. You got what you needed from that point. Then you put your buy together. Easy peasy. It's done. Now, in today's world, we have actually, it's evolved so much in the digital space that we, you don't always have a rep. I mean, people like us with our volume, we have people that we're working with, um, or we're doing a lot of the placement in-house and we're working within our own um, GSPs and various, you're working with various trade desks. So I think that that's the, um, it's become extremely complicated where it's no longer, hey, I'm going to call this one person to solve a problem. It's actually, okay, what is the right thing for me to be doing right now? And then how am I building that plan? Where are the pieces going together for that plan? And am I overall building the right puzzle for my audience to see and who I'm trying to target and get the action out of? Do you think that um, with all the complexity and all the data and all the information and all the tricks and tactics and all the stuff that you've got up your sleeve, are companies better off I do think that there are ways that we are reaching um, audiences and that we've never been able to reach before. So to give you an example, and in our statistical data, but research as well, we saw a significant shift in consumer behavior during the pandemic and where we've been for the last 18 months. We saw older generations jump onto social platforms quicker, like overnight. We saw them jump on where they weren't on it. It really was, it should have been a 10-year evolution number. And overnight, they were on social because they wanted to get as much information as possible. But the most interesting thing for me, actually, is what we saw in the younger demographic was them go back to traditional platforms like it was new because they needed local information. They needed like this local radio station is going to tell me what my local counts are here. They're going to tell me what the mandates are here. And all of a sudden they thought they may consume it differently. They may consume it more online, but they thought it was new information where older generations we've known forever. And they even, you know, you look at traditionalists and they jumped onto social media like it was, oh my goodness, I have to find out everything. And statistically, we know that the younger demographic is actually on social platforms and digital platforms to kill time where the older demographic is not. So I, I do think that brands are better off now because of the fact that you there are ways to track this and there are ways to actually reach our audiences that are different than before. I got this funny uh, picture in my head of this 10 year old kid coming up from school saying, Hey mom and dad, guess what? I just got introduced to this new thing called a radio. You uh-huh. don't believe it. You know, mm-hmm. then the kid says, Hey Alexa, play the radio. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but that's I- exactly what we saw during, during the pandemic, we saw younger generations actually all of a sudden be like, Oh my word, local TV news can tell me what's going on and where hold on, I hold on a second. You will not believe this. My Alexa literally just turned on the radio. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> so I, I didn't think you could even do that. I was just kidding, but but I guess you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, but the question is so so some companies are probably better off. Some companies have probably been wiped out because they couldn't adapt. You know, we kind of got this survival of the fittest thing, but I, I kind of wonder if certain companies like Amazon are the big beneficiaries of it. There definitely is who are the big companies that are able to um, actually gain from this, right? Because now they've become the vendor. 
So you look at Amazon and we were one of the firms that quickly got on to being able to use that um, ad platform. Well, they've become a search engine more than anything. And that's that's where Amazon started to go. So that's a specific tactic now. Would you, would you so explain that? I'm not sure everybody knows what you're talking about. They're going like, what do you mean? It's a search engine. I, I search for products, but what else do you search for? Because you are searching for products. Now we can place ads on Amazon now has a whole ad platform. So you're looking for, let's say it's face wash. You're looking for, you know, a gift. You're looking for whatever, just like you would, if you were to put that into Google, right? Let's say you're, you know, a gift for a teenage boy, right? You'd use that as Google. Amazon, you're doing the same thing. Our behaviors as consumers have evolved to now we're using Amazon like a search engine. So what do we do? We have to make sure our ad space is there also and making sure that we are paying to make sure that we're showing up at the top when somebody is searching for our product. So that actually Amazon now has benefited from the fact that they've become a quote vendor for media and they've evolved to that, like just like Google, just like social. Um, as opposed to just building their overall profits as a company for sales. They, it's, it's a different evolution. Um, but larger brands, absolutely. But at the same time, I feel like there's a benefit to medium-sized brands that are able to... How am I spending my money the most efficient way possible? Uh, not in every market. Every medium-sized company actually cannot do a national TV buy to be able to get it out there. Your budget won't allow it. But could you pick your top top, uh, your top 10 geo markets that you want to be in and do something with over the top television or streaming or display? Yes, you could. And your budget would actually work and you wouldn't have to spend $2 million on a Super Bowl ad. So you know, what, there's what, that benefit as well. What's clear from listening to you is that uh, the days of uh, you know flipping the coin between this and this are kind of over. Yeah. And you really have to engage professional people to to help you. I mean, the, the likelihood that you're going to hire somebody to work in your company that's going to be an expert across all of these platforms is, is nil. I mean, they may have some global understanding of it, but then they have to sub out to other people who can do yeah. these things. It's, it's just listening to you. It's crystal clear that mere mortals cannot do all of the things that need to be done in addition to what they do all day long. It is an expertise. And frankly, you, you as, as brand professionals or just senior management and within medium-sized companies that you really need that support and that support's there for you. And one of the big messages I would say for executives though too is don't be afraid of asking for that support. If you have a good partner and you're working with people like us, Ask the questions that you want to ask. Ask the tough questions. We should be able to answer them. We should be able to give you the information that you need. We should be helping you. We shouldn't make it more mysterious for you than it needs to be. This is a helping process. We should be on that side of helping and in, in giving you that expertise and giving you the access to that expertise that you need. You know, it, it also seems to me, uh, you know, kids today go to college. I'm studying marketing. Well, that's probably not going to be get you a great job or I'm studying advertising. Well, that's not, you know, that's not really that employable, you know, or, I mean, people would say those yeah. kind of things. I'm not saying I would say them, but I hear these kind of things about kids who are going these kinds of directions, but listening to you, it seems like we absolutely need more people going into these skills because these are highly skilled professional people 
that are directing the important uh, disbursement of resources by by companies. I, I mean, I, I just I'm just blown away by how complex this is. And I'm I'm blown away also in the fact of lack of education that we actually have in this field, that there's not as many trainings out there as you would think there would be on really. It, it's very mysterious on the buying side, meaning the tactics, if people understand the tactics, they know that they're watching streaming TV, but they're not sure how, how am I, how am I buying that? How is that going to land for me to see? Um, and in the programmatic space, what does that even look like? How am I bidding? And it's, you know, it's a whole new level of it. And frankly, it, we need to be looking at it in the sense of yes, building up that workforce for it, but not being afraid as executives to act, like I said, like ask for that help, ask for that expertise. Where am I, where do I go? What do I do? And it's not a dumb question to ask that question. It's okay to ask that of who you're working with. And frankly, they should be taking it off of your plate and making you feel better about it as opposed to you feeling more overwhelmed by it. I, I, I can totally imagine people feeling worse than better. You know, when they hear, <laughs> uh, you know, they, 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 they hear 50 different words they never heard of yeah. before and they get asked to make decisions about things they don't understand uh, you know, I, I think that the old way that we used to process information has changed. And this is a pretty good example of how much it's changed and how much we don't understand it. So and the expertise is there. And as you know, as executives, it's asking for the help of it and not and realizing it's OK that you can't do every single thing yourself. That's OK. And the efficiency in your day, you don't have to be an expert in everything, but you should surround yourself with experts that do know what they're talking about and do know what they're doing. Um, so when you talk about experts, do they need to put those people on their payroll or can they outsource some of this stuff? They should be, they actually, the, they should be looking to outsource it as much as possible. So that's, that's our business model is that you outsource it to us. We, you don't have to put, we take the overhead of the people because I'll tell you, because it's so expertise, it's not cheap to have the overhead that you need to have in the labor. That's why we have the model that we do, that we come in and we help in-house teams. We help supplement agencies. We do all the above there to help because of the specific expertise that it's become. And they don't have to bring that in-house. In fact, it's really hard, especially right now. Everybody's having a hard time with labor, right? We're all having a hard time finding people. Everybody's having a hard time hiring people. If you're trying to bring them on in-house, the more specialized they are, the more expertise. First, the higher the cost it's going to be and the higher overhead you're going to have to that, as well as what else are you going to do to make sure that they know what they're doing? We see lots of brands that come in and like, oh, we hired this person. They know what they're doing. And they know about this much where if you work with companies like ours, we have departments that are specific to tactics and specific to certain things. We have a programmatic department. We have a social department. We have a traditional department. We have a Google display and you know the alphabet soup <laughs> department. <laughs> so you have all of those pieces where if you try to bring it all in-house, that's fine. And if your overhead allows that, or you can actually outsource it. Plus you're getting, you're getting the expertise you need, but your bottom line is not affected by it. Well, you know, the, the other thing is that the more sophisticated a person is, the harder it is to hire them because oh, you have to have a certain expertise to be able to talk to them about whether their expertise matches what you need. Exactly. And so you have to be at a high level to hire a high level person. Yep. <clears throat> so it just it just gets more and more complicated as you go uh, higher in terms of expertise and and this is one of those categories where you really it's it's if it's not what you do all day long it may not be what you want to do all day long 
it, it takes up a lot of time for you um, as a brand, as an executive to take this piece on by yourself because you have so many other things that you need to do in a day. Uh, outsourcing it is one of those streamlining ways that you're getting the reporting. You should be getting the reporting that you need. You should be getting uh, the plan that you need. You're, you're coming to us and you're saying, this is what my goal is. We come back to you and say, okay, here's your plan. Now we will help you care. You agree with this plan. We're going to help you carry out this plan. This is why this is the plan. This is why we suggest what we suggest. Now we'll help carry out that plan for you. Oh, wait. And then now we'll report back to you on how the plan is going. So yeah, that, you know, it, that's uh, how it should work. Companies need to focus on why they're doing stuff and what they want to do and not necessarily how they want to do it exactly. because that, that's the complexity. And, you know, listen, our show is all about delivering the inside track and that's the best, smartest and fastest way to get things done. And uh, this uh, head spinning conversation, it's, it's been kind of mind bending, mind boggling. It's, it, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go lay down for a few minutes when we're done. I here. apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but it, it really, this has been the inside track on how media buying, on how media in general has evolved in, in this new uh, world that we live in. And, and I am really glad that, uh, that you, you know, shared your expertise with our listeners because our show needs uh, this kind of education. And uh, I'm just delighted that you are here. So, Marianne, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Joel, for having me. And if you ever have any other questions, just let me know. I, I won't say take two aspirin and call me in the morning. I'll actually give you information. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to take two aspirin and go lay down here. So we'll, well, we'll call see me in the morning and let me know how you're doing. <laughs> I, I will do that. And, and your contact info will be in the show notes for everybody who wants yep, to see it. For sure. And anybody Thanks. who wants to get a hold of me, they can go to mosaic.agency forward slash contact and that comes straight to me. Good. We'll, we, okay. uh, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Joel. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Audavita Studios. Profit from the Inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audavita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.